<laughs> Here we go. Hello everyone, my name is Jeb and these are my thoughts. Now this episode's all about the body positivity movement. I will be giving my own thoughts and opinions and feelings on this subject. These are just my personal ones, sorry if they offend. So, let's dive into the history of the body positivity movement. And for that we will need to go all the way back to 1969, when a young engineer, in New York of course, named Bill Fabry, apologies if I didn't pronounce that right, was angry about how his wife Joyce was being mistreated due to her being fat. So Bill, years before, read an article by a fat guy called Lou talking about how hard it was to be fat in today's world. So Bill decided to make copies of these articles and began to hand them out to everyone he knew, which was the spark of the fat's rights movement. If you wish to find out more information regarding this movement, the link to the BBC article I found will be linked below. So that's where I began, but how did it get to what it was today? I am a fat person. I wouldn't say I'm morbidly obese or anything, but I am in fact fat. The movement does have a stigma about it. This stigma is that it's just for fat girls or fat people because that's what you mostly think of when you think of the movement. I can see why it is the stigma as the movement was born from the fat right movement. We have got a few big names when it comes to the body positivity movement, such as Jessamine Stanley, a yoga instructor, Farina Opoku, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I'm terribly sorry if it isn't. My apologies, I'm not great with pronouncing names. With her brand, Nova Lana Love, Winnie Harlow, a former America's Next Top Model contestant with her skin condition called vitiligo, which affects the pigmentation in her skin. Zach Miko, the first male plus-sized model for... IMG Agency and the host of the podcast Big Things. Go check it out. Now, one person we can all agree that is seen, and I use that in quotations, as the leader of the body positivity movement is Des Holiday. Yes, Tess Holiday. she has had some very controversial moments, to say the least. I'm not going to harp on about Tess, to be honest, because even though I do believe her actions have left a toxic stigma on the movement, I believe that she's a very good businesswoman. You have to give your hats off to her that way. But I do think that she's made it difficult to include others in the movement who truly do belong Going in the movement a fat as well. Themselves, I believe everybody should be able to be in the body positivity movement. I'm not talking about just fat chicks. I'm not talking about just some people with disabilities or skin conditions. I'm literally meaning anybody from really skinny to really fat, everything like that. But I think there's a difference between body positivity and fat acceptance. And the fat acceptance part of the body positivity movement is kind of where the toxicity for myself come into it. We'll touch on that more later. I don't think the body positivity movement is as inclusive as it can be. Like, it is making progress, don't get me wrong, it is making good progress. However, like I've said previously, there is a stigma about when you think of body positivity, you think fat chick or fat person. I think it should be reached out that when we think about it, we think, oh, people with amputations, people with birthmarks, people with skin disorders, you know, defects. And when I mean defects, I don't mean in a sly way. I just mean in a factual, this is a physical attribute that is factually there. Now, I call myself fat because I am fat. And I think also the word fat has been used as an insult, 
and a mockery and it's been shut away and used as a bad word. It's now a slur. I'm not saying desensitise, but fat is a scientific fact. There's a lot of storage of fat in my body, excess amount of storage of fat, and I do eat right, I do exercise, but I still have fat. A bit too much fat. So therefore, I am fat. But I think also when we think of body positivity, we should think about the people that have defects on their body, who have lost limbs, and all those other things, because they do need to be part of it, because body positivity is about feeling positive about your body. But I think the fat acceptance movement within the body positivity movement does cause a bit of toxicity, because you see people shaming others for losing weight or shaming others for putting on weight or sometimes fat acceptance is seen as a bad thing fat acceptance is seen as you know oh well I'm just fat so you can't treat me like this this is discrimination yes people do get discriminated for being fat however I don't think from my personal view anyway I don't think that fat discrimination goes on where I live as much as other countries. It does happen, however, I do think sometimes we have the mentality of, oh, because I'm fat, they're treating me like this. It could be other reasons why they're discriminating against you, and discrimination shouldn't happen full stop. But I think we should move away from this kind of victim mentality and this mentality of, boo-hoo, I am the wounded victim here. Obviously, that does not apply for every circumstance. Sometimes you do get shamed or discriminated for being fat. That is totally wrong itself, especially when it comes to the NHS and doctors and, you know, even going to the gym could be a hard thing. But at the same time, I think there is people that go too overboard with it. Now, the pros to the body positivity movement is feeling great on yourself and showing that you do not need to conform to, quote-unquote, the normal standards of beauty society. What I mean, like, you have to be a certain waist size, you've got to be, you know, your breasts have got to be a certain size, your butt's got to be a certain size, your abs have got to be a certain size, you've got to be a certain height, especially for men, you know, you've got to be muscly and flawless and very groomed, but for women, you've got to be very skinny, but at the same time, thick, like, quote, quote, thick. Obviously, I'm not saying this is everybody's standard of beauty, but it is one of those things that everybody does think of when they think, especially over here. In the UK, Scotland, right, our idea of society beauty is blonde hair, you know, shaped eyebrows, size 8, no more than a 12, D-cup, big ass, thick thighs, still very slim looking, very girly appearance. Also the lip liner and the plumped lips and the high cheekbones and such. I can't really speak for America or any other countries. That's what it's like over here from my point of view anyway. And I remember growing up, it was just, I just didn't fit in. I'm going to be honest, I didn't fit in. I was very tomboyish. I was going through a lot for my childhood and my weight would fluctuate from being really skinny to being really fat and nobody could really tell because I was wearing lots of baggy stuff at the time. Black, baggy, alternative stuff and I would be constantly picked on, you're too fat, you're too fat, you're too fat. Even when I was really underweight, 
I was still deemed too fat because I was taller than most of the people in my class when it came to the girls anyway. So I think the body positivity movement has got merit when it comes to showing people that different sizes and different shapes, this isn't just for male, female or anyone in between, I'm talking about in general, like I think it is good to show that you could be healthy and not be this gym buff person. There's nothing wrong with people that are gym buff. I don't understand why parts of the movement are like, oh, gym buff people are so horrible, blah, blah, blah. Like, look at them being so vain and all that. I can understand why gym buff people are very detail-orientated when it comes to themselves because they've put a lot of hard work and effort. I'm not going to lie, it's a lot of hard work and effort to go to the gym every day. Like, I've got kids, I'm running about all the time, I work two jobs, I go to college and I'm still fat. Like, I couldn't imagine going to the gym as well. And there's a lot of work that goes into going in the gym, but there's also a lot of work that goes into other aspects of your body. And I think this is the problem. People are so divided about whether going to the gym is the right way, you know, not going to the gym if plus size allowed. Nobody is saying that there's anything wrong with being different shapes and sizes. What I'm saying is health comes into it and obviously there is factors in life where people don't have control over what they look like or really most parts of their life for different factors. Health reasons, society reasons, money, a lot of things. But the people that have it within their control, if somebody wants to be a bit chubbier or a bit fat, right, let them because it's their choice at the end of the day. But at the same time, as long as they're taking care of their self, and when I mean a bit fat, I'm not talking about they can't get out of bed or they find it hard to breathe or anything like that. Like, some people are just going to be a bitch on the chubbier side. Some people, doesn't matter how much they eat, are going to be on the skinnier side. That's just life. But I think also we shouldn't criticise people that go to the gym, but we shouldn't also criticise people who don't go to the gym. I think everybody has their own needs and wants when it comes to appearance and body confidence and we should respect that but at the same time if what you are doing is causing harm to yourself and others that's when people should be allowed to comment and that is my opinion if i see somebody completely anorexic i would be concerned for their well-being and safety even if they're a complete stranger and it's not to be nosy or anything like that i just as a human i have concern for other people in society. To me, a basic human need and necessity for us to look out for each other in a way or to a certain extent. At the same time, if I'm seeing somebody putting on so much weight that they're finding it hard to breathe, they're finding it hard to move or anything like that, I'm going to say something and that is it. I'm going to tell them exactly what I feel and I'm going to try and help them. I'm not just going to sit there and criticise them. I'm going to try and help them, even if it's through money, through support, through actually taking them to places, you know, to get them help. Your health is important and that's what matters. And this leads me into my next subject of the matter, toxic positivity. Now, if you don't know what toxic positivity is, it's the urge or the pressure to feel overly positive or you're just having to be positive and you're forcing the positivity more often as well. You're not being positive naturally and it can be more damaging than being negative in some cases. So the next thing for the evolution of body positivity is supposed to be body neutrality. And this is led by one of the celebrities called Lizzo. Lizzo is an artist, music artist and 
a model, just an all-round businesswoman. She knows what she's doing. Body neutrality is focusing on what your body is capable of doing and what it is doing and how to improve overall needs and accepting what your body is limited to doing and not focusing on what you look like. In other words, forget what you look like. What can your body provide for you? What can your body do for you? What things are you able to do because of your body's current state? And that is what Lizzo's kind of focusing on and other celebrities also. But Lizzo was one of the first main people to push this agenda. So the next big question is, what do we do moving forward? And it's all good saying, let's try better, let's try harder, let's be more inclusive. But unless you've got a plan, or unless we actually do try to be more inclusive, how are we actually going to make it happen? Because there's future generations to come, and I don't want them having to try and solve the same problem we should have already solved. Personally, we have came a bit of a way. Don't get me wrong, this movement only really kicked off in 2010 right but we've still got so much to do and I think we really need to pull our fingers out and get to it we should make it more inclusive for disabled people trans people other LGBTQ plus people people of colour different ethnicities and stuff like that because right now a lot of beauty standards are set by one specific race or one specific colour or people that are deemed straight and I'm not saying that there hasn't been any improvement. I am saying there has been improvement. However, I don't think that we are improving as much as we could be. Because, no offence, I want to not have this problem in the future. And I think personally, researching more into the body neutrality, and I assume that you should too, I think that that's the right way to take the body positivity movement because We've replaced, you know, negative body image and body shaming with toxic positivity, which it's not as worse, but it's still not great either. And body neutrality fixtures on what your body can do for you. And I'm not talking about people that are really fit or anything like that. I'm just talking about just thinking of your body as a factual thing thinking of it as you need to take care of yourself and such. Also, body positivity is about a mindset as well. And I think a lot of people forget that mental health is part of your body as well. Your mind is a really big factor in your body because your whole world is perceived from basically a, a liquid mass in your skull. Your brain is basically like a jelly that fires off electrical signals. Obviously, I'm not speaking totally factual here. I'm just giving metaphors. It is working this meat sack that you're calling your body and trying to get you through everyday life. And I think if you start with your brain and you take care of your brain, then everything else should follow as well. And I think when people go, oh, here we go, mental health harping on again. It is true, your mental health. And I think everybody is so fixated on, oh, my mind's fine, my mind's... It is literally a pile of jelly in your head using electricity to randomly move your body is going to break down once in a while and that's fine it's about how to replace it well not replace it but how to fix parts or mend parts or give yourself the tools on how to help you in essential it's not there 
just to be constantly perfect. Nobody is constantly perfect. And I think that's what people are misunderstanding. I am not saying that everybody has to be perfect. I am saying from my perspective, I want future generations to know that being perfect isn't perfect. To be imperfect and have your flaws in that is such a beautiful way as well. But also taking care of yourself and making sure that you are taking care of yourself, setting boundaries for yourself, making sure that your body's taken care of, your mind's taken care of, your whole aspect of your life because body positivity is just a fraction of what really we need to take care of and I think also what we teach the future generations to come will be a big impact on human society as well and also medicine. Like, don't get me wrong, body positivity also does affect the medical world in some way. It affects it by people wanting to get more healthier and fix themselves and make sure that they're taking better care of themselves as much as possible. So people are going out there and trying to come up with concoctions and medicines to help people with that. But also, I think... Also, I think we should celebrate everybody's individual state, being amputees. Amputees technically do feel they're disabled as well, some cases, but what I'm meaning is we don't always need to fit into this box. I think that's what we need to teach, but we also need to teach that everything's not perfect. You can't just have a good attitude with something to fix it. Positivity can be toxic as well. Now, just to wrap this all up and finalise everything that's being said, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and enjoying hopefully enjoying I'm up for criticism everybody should be accepted of criticism I know I am I'm just going to leave you with a few questions like this what's the next step for the body positivity movement is there a future for the body positivity movement do you think that we need the body positivity movement how can we be more inclusive with the body positivity movement And I think that's what we all need to ask ourselves. We all need to do our part, not just for ourselves, but for others and others to come as well. So that's the show over. I hope you really enjoyed it. Just before we end, I hope that I can read out some comments and you will be okay with it. If you are not, you can just switch off now. So first comment is, body positivity movement is such a beautiful, wonderful place. However, unfortunately, toxicity seems through. I think they were meant to say seeps through, but we'll just run with it. Seems through, seems really cool as well. But yes, I totally agree with you. Second comment is, we shouldn't need body positivity movement, but we unfortunately do due to the past sins that we have created as humanity. A little bit dark there, don't you think? And the third one is, what was all this body positivity rubbish? None of this back in my day. We should have just moved on already. All these snowflakes are just whiners as usual. Well, Karen, I'm not sure if you're just trolling or you're being serious. Either way, it's a bit worrying. Well, that's it here, folks, and I hope you enjoyed yourself and have a lovely day. See you soon. (laughs) Here we go.